Hi, my name is Kaya. And I'm Marissa. And this is Well, Why Not? Oh, yes, we did it. We're, we're here again. Another week, another... Sweatbox. Yes. We're in a tiny, tiny, tiny... Closet. Walk-in closet. And this is where we record our podcast. And you know what? I You know, that is one blessing of the winter. That's true. I was cooler. thinking about that. When it's in the summer, it's a little bit harder to record. You, know? you just go from hot to hot. Hot to hot. I joked with you earlier about doing a podcast in the sauna, and now I'm like, we don't need to. Yeah. <laughs> we, have, we have made our own sauna Yes, here. I'm, I'm very bougie. I have a, a sauna in my apartment. Just I, takes two people I to make my, it hot, though. I think my, uh, yeah, I think we're, we're, we're on the, I would say like 79 degree. We should bring in a thermometer. We should That'd bring be in cool. a thermometer. But yeah, I hope everybody had a, a uh, holly jolly Thanksgiving. And uh, a lot of movies came out this weekend. Oh, a lot. Oh my God, so many. You saw Frozen 2. I did see Frozen how 2. Did, how, how does it shape up? Oh, it's phenomenal. It's really, really good. It's been getting some backlash. Oh, what's the backlash? Well, people are just saying that it's not as good or that they don't understand why Elsa had to go on another big adventure. So Frozen is already one of my favorite movies of Mm -hmm. all time, that they were princesses and sisters, and I am a sister, Mm -hmm. and I know all those struggles very well. Mm -hmm. This one was like, well, why does she have to go find herself again? Didn't she already find herself? And it's like, well, no. She had all this responsibility Mm -hmm. forced on her. Yeah. And then she has this moment of acceptance of like I've found myself and mm. when that happened I burst into tears I have been waiting for that moment in my life and it was just beautiful to see and the animation is phenomenal like they're breathing the whole time they're breathing you don't think about that in animation you, know, but then now, you notice it when I go see this movie I'm just gonna be like are they breathing yeah you are you know it's and like they're gonna be breathing it's like when you see actors that are pretending to be dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're like, sit, like they're like laying in the casket mm-hmm. and they take a little breath and you're like ah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. aha I see you mm-hmm. I see you're alive this is all fake I just watched the movie that came out big for Netflix which was The Irishman oh which is I think gonna go in today's topic which is what is cinema yeah. Um, because it's been a lot in the news recently Mm -hmm. and it kind of started with martin scorsese so the whole the whole you know in a you know twenty thousand foot view martin scorsese he's on press junkins for the movie the irishman which is his newest movie it's Mm -hmm. produced by netflix Mm -hmm. he wanted to get a uh, nationwide release of the film as he should he's martin scorsese correct uh but all the theaters pretty much was just like nope you know, we're going to do a limited run of your film because, you know, it's going to Netflix. It's a Netflix produced film. So Martin Scorsese pretty much Ah. was like talking about his fears that in the future, the only films that are going to be available in the theater are going to be these big studio pictures like Marvel movies, Mm -hmm. these big tent poles. And he, you know, essentially said that Marvel movies are not cinema. They're theme parks. You know, that's the big headline. (laughs) And that, you know, these films are not, you know, technically films. While he respects the creation of how they were made and he respects the filmmakers involved, he does not think of the second comment. Yeah. He does not think they're films. To be fair, most movies aren't films because we don't use film anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And with that... Let's take a little breaky break before we jump into the meat of this. Let's hear from some of our other podcasts on this network on... So Below Media. So Below Media. I said that really deep. Oh, hello. It's me, 
my ghost who haunts your phone. Just kidding, it's actually me, Avalon, the host of Boohaha, which is a thing that I do. A podcast, if you will, that happens some weeks, not all. Don't wait up, it's fine, we'll call you. Shut up. Anyway, it's about ghosts and tangents. Mostly tangents, if I'm being entirely honest. So join me each and every week-ish as I gather the funniest people I know to a campfire that I build in my living room and then regale them with spooky tales of boogans and googas. Oh, also, it's a comedy podcast, if that wasn't clear from the vibe, you know. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah, so I cannot believe you're like, because it's not shot on film. Well, it's not. It's not film no more. <laughs> okay. Okay. But I, no, I get I get what he's trying. I get it. I was trying to just be a funny person. You're right. Yeah, you right. You right, girl. Shoot. It's an interesting argument because I literally just watched The Irishman. Like, I watched The Irishman. You came over. Mm -hmm. We are now recording this podcast. Seeing the film that kind of started this whole debate, Martin Scorsese was on press tour for The Irishman, which is, yeah, a Netflix-produced film. So, which kind of honestly was surprising to me a little bit that somebody who is fully embracing the streaming platform so much so that they're going to have their film be produced by Netflix Mm -hmm. that they would actually talk against, you know, more. It was weird. It's like a catch 22 because like Spielberg, on the other hand, has been very open in his criticism of streaming platforms. Right. You know, so much so that like, you know, a few months back, he said that, you know, streaming films should not be eligible for Academy Awards. Right. Which is like just the most absurd statement. Absolutely. But yeah, so so Martin Scorsese, when somebody asked him if he had seen any of the Marvel films, right. and he said, I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest thing I can think of them, as well made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. That was a quote that kind of like started this whole big debate. Right. I'm a huge fan of the MCU. Yeah. <laughs> We've been. You saw all of them before Endgame. Yeah, I did the the in-game challenge. So I literally watched every single yeah. one of them relatively recently. All, what, 22? Yeah. All 22. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of movies. That's a lot of movies, even for you. Even for me. So, yeah, I mean, Kevin Fahey, you know, president of Marvel, has has made comments on it. The Russo brothers, who directed the Avengers movies, made comments. Right. Um, I would highly recommend reading. James Gunn mm-hmm. had an amazing response. It's on his Instagram account. You know, they're all very respectful, obviously, because Scorsese is definitely going to go down in history as one of the greatest, of course, of the greatest film directors of all time. Absolutely. But they are kind of saying, like, hey, like... We understand, but also you're wrong. Yeah. You know, it's kind of the general, like, you may just be maybe a different generation or you just, you're not seeing that these films do have emotional Yeah. All of what Tony Stark goes through, every single movie is an emotional transformation. Absolutely. That is relatable. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, you know, I, I, since I watched all of them leading up to it. Yeah. I got to see his entire arc. The full arc. I mean, it's a 10-year... It's unlike anything in cinema, you know, and I am using the word cinema. It is... It's nothing like anything that's ever been done before. full growth of an actual actor's ability to embrace a character. Yeah. Beyond anything. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I do agree that some of these films are uh, not good. Sure. 
There's a... But just because they're bad doesn't mean it's not. Yeah, see, that's the question. It's like, when does... You know, I've always said there are uh, films and there There are are movies. movies. Yep, we agree on that. Yeah, that there are films made by filmmakers who are making art. And then there are movies, which are entertainment pieces. Right. Popcorn affair versus actual artistic composition to be Mm -hmm. studied and dissected. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there is, you know, the Library of Congress. Mm -hmm. They save... You know, every year they save films. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of an amazing thing to look at the list of films that are being chosen to save. And, and mm-hmm. actually, one of the things that they do, there's a, a 10-year holding period, meaning that if, you know, for instance, what what's an amazing film that came out this year? Uh, fuck. What came out that's amazing this year? Fuck. What came out that's amazing this year? Yeah, for real. Let's say The Irishman. It, it currently has like a ridiculously high Rotten Tomato score. People are saying it's one of the best Scorsese films, you know, ever. It's a return right. to blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. I will tell you my opinions on The Irishman later. If the Library of Congress wanted to save The Irishman, essentially put it in a vault so that if the whole world fucking ends, yeah. aliens can come down and, and pop in The Irishman. Right. Um, they have to wait 10 years. Right. The reason being is because they have to see like how long it evolves. It evolves over time. And an example is Fargo. Nice. And it was funny because it was literally like the 10 year mark hit for Fargo mm-hmm. and it immediately entered yeah. because they knew that, you know, it it's an important film and it's it's resonated an entire career of the Coen brothers and they've made Hold, you know, it holds up. It's holds not up. so... It doesn't fall into other weird categories where it gets outdated because of when it was made and yeah. stuff. It's smart. It's how maybe we should wait a year or two before giving out Academy Awards even work. Yeah. But um, that's neither for us to decide. <laughs> so Yeah. But um, like... Um, that is a good thing, though, to wait and see if the evolution of something becomes what makes it a movie or a film. Yeah, because I wonder what will our grandkids think of the MCU? Right. Like, that's what kind of I feel should, like, dictate more what makes it, you know, film or cinema or whatever, movies. Because it's like, nobody even wanted to release the original Star Wars. Right. You know? But is Star Wars a film or a movie? I think because of maybe what went into it, I would say it's a film because of all the things they had to do to make it. I don't think that the, the prequels would count the same no, way. No. I would uh, not even based on like the poor acting I that mean, was unfortunately we, thrust think... upon them, but like <laughs> just the the actions that went into it were not nearly I think what came out in the same yeah. product. I mean, I would bet my entire life that the uh, prequels are never going to touch the Library of Congress, let alone be saved. Like, yeah, but I mean, like, yeah, you don't the, need it for the story to work. It's fine. Totally. <laughs> I think you know, also like westerns, you know. Um, This is something that actually James Gunn brings up in his kind of rebuttal to Scorsese's comments Mm -hmm. is like, you know, a lot of people look down upon Westerns. A lot of people look down upon gangster movies as these like kind of, you know, quick buck, you know, like popular topics. And they didn't see them as as whatever cinema means. So is the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is that just the next evolution of what film is? Right. I agree. When you you have to take in, in my opinion, the consideration of like how something gets made, which determines whether or not it's a movie or a film. If a lot of passion from the creators, from the actors, from the writing, from all of that, just how it gets made, if it's made with real heart, then I think it is ultimately going to be a film because it does convey to other people and it does connect to them. I don't 
think it really matters how many explosions or CGI effects go into it. I think that if something is made just to make money, it feels like it. And you can still like it. That's fine. They're supposed to bring you in, right? And I think that makes it a movie. If it's just there to make money, because that's what that one Transformer movie was entirely made for. Yeah, I think uh, Transformers is definitely, I would say Transformers is a theme park of a movie. You know, it is, it is like explosions and entertainment. I would say no movie is a theme park because it's not a theme park. (laughs) You're not physically going on roller coasters. Your heart doesn't elevate nearly as much as it does when you go on one. That's true. Movies aren't theme parks and also technically they're not films. Oh my god. (laughs) Movie. Oh my god. Just because it's not shot on film. You're killing me. I'm just kidding. You're killing me. That means like I haven't made a film in like 10 years. Yeah. Oh my god. It's true. so sad. It's funny. Now I I was going to bring this up, but now I've seen that he has um, said that he was incorrectly quoted. But like Francis Ford Coppola literally called the Marvel films despicable. He said, this is this was his quote, which he now says is not true, even though he also says that he does agree with what he said, even though it wasn't as harsh as despicable. Okay. But uh, that he was asked about Mar- Martin Scorsese's comment, and he said, when Martin Scorsese says that the Marvel pictures are not cinema, he's right, because we expect to learn something from cinema. We expect to gain something, some enlightenment, some knowledge, some inspiration. I don't know that anyone gets anything out of seeing the same movie over and over again. Martin was kind when he said it's not cinema. He didn't say it's despicable, which I just say it is. But I think one huge flaw in a lot of these quotes are that they haven't seen them. Yeah, that's kind of the feeling I get. You you can't... It's, it's inappropriate to make comments that bold on something that you haven't seen on something that you actually haven't experienced. And then also to not even just observe what goes on around you. What's one of the biggest clear absorption of any type of thing? It's children. So if you see a child that connects so strongly with something to dress up like them all the time, they learn something. You learn from Iron Man to be a stronger person, to learn how to deal with grief and loss. Those are hard, hard things to teach a child, and yet they've decided to put on this mantle the same way. They don't like them just because they're oversaturated with them and forget to go back and actually take it in with their own eyes. Why are their children connecting so much with these things? It's important because they say important things. Mm-hmm. So it's really frustrating to hear just some grumpy old guy say, The thing you like as a child is really bad yeah i mean you're really rude and i i hate that um i try not to be ageist but unfortunately like you know i I can i can see that martin scorsese and francis ford coppola are are both older and i do like to you know it it does feel like a curmudgeoned it feels like the older generation kind of getting pissy at the younger generation a teeny bit but Coppola went back and he said that Despicable wasn't directly at Marvel films, but the overall film industry to generally push into making commerce over art. I think if you look at Frozen or if you look at MCU, Mm -hmm. um, it's not the filmmakers involved. It's not their fault that the, you know, the Disney mecca is merchandising the shit out of their stuff. Right. You know, I am not going to be able to buy Irishman 
costumes. You know, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to be able to buy Martin Scorsese. You know, there's no way to market it for the merch game. You but know, it's also not for kids. It's not for kids, but and I think that's the fear, and which I a hundred percent do agree with the fear of films, sure, of art house films being pushed to the side, not getting the money to be made to make room for these big juggernaut films, which I still, yeah, I do think that while some of them are not good, I do think, you know, many of the Marvel films, the character arcs involved, Captain America. um, Also, you know, we've talked about Iron Man, but Captain America's arc is a gorgeous arc. Very. I think they're films, but I also take into account, you know, Scorsese and Coppola are are kind of right, too. It's I think they're both right. I think they're right to be maybe a little more worried and suspicious about the film industry as is and big companies and big money. Cause that's, that's entirely fair to be concerned about that, that some things could be fantastic, but they're not given the time of day to even see the light. Mm-hmm. So I, I do understand that fear entirely, but I don't think that means that you get to be mad at what yeah. just ends up happening. Yeah. Cause it is what people want to see will be made because it will be given money because they want to see it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that has to stop people from trying. I think that shouldn't stop any filmmakers. Well, and I think we're just going to see what is an evolution. You're going to have these big juggernaut films, mm-hmm. which still could be made by amazing directors. And then streaming services are going to be the ones that are going to be catering more to these actual film films. These cinema, you know, ci- I, I'm, yeah. I'm meaning it loosely. But yeah, like the... The one, the movies I'm going to have to think a little bit more about. Which I think is fine. We all have Netflix. Yeah. And I don't think any one of us is just going to get rid of it because they start showing more films. Yeah. Because that is what you want to see at home, kind mm-hmm. of bundle up. You do kind of almost want to have a more intimate setting for some of these massive, thought-provoking, artistic features yeah. than to be sitting in a room full of people that probably don't get it like when we went to go see midsummer the girls next to us wouldn't stop talking they laughed everybody in the whole theater Mm. laughed at inappropriate times just Mm -hmm. because there's a butt on screen it's like um i don't think anyone else is realizing the mind control that's going on here and like all the bad elements that are fitting into this sequence they just saw a butt and laughed yeah so i don't want to see artistic movies with those people you saw midsummer with a transformers audience it's freaking awful (laughs) yeah i mean that's yeah i think that's the thing is like there's a movie that's about to come out marriage story which is directed by noah Baumbach, who is an amazing director he's one of my favorite directors and he's been doing a lot of stuff with netflix just watching the trailer for this movie you watch the trailer and you're like fuck this is a film Mm -hmm. like this this is a fucking film like yeah and and there is something where there is a difference between marvel films and I think some of these other more, like, kind of going back to Scorsese's statement, more personal films. Sure. Films that, like, I can relate to Iron Man, but, like, also I can't, <laughs> you know? Sure. But, yeah, I saw The Irishman. I think it's interesting to talk a little bit about the film that started it all. Yes, but please. But it's actually based on a true story, which kind of Scorsese goes back and forth on if his films are adapted or if they're original pieces. Mm-hmm. But it's a true story, very classic Scorsese's mafia. Um, mm. It's a, It follows a story of the guy who was known as the Irishman, uh, Frank Sharon, who was essentially a hitman for the mafia. It's based off uh, a book called I Heard You Paint Houses which is essentially, 
I heard you kill people, but it's yeah. what you say on the phone. Sure. And uh, so it follows the story of the Irishman kind of from him first meeting, you know, m- mafia dudes mm-hmm. to his friendship with Jimmy Hoffa. Mm. I will say this. I watched Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. I cried when, spoilers, Tony Stark dies. <laughs> I think everybody knows that. But I, I cried. Okay. And if you didn't, or you're not sorry for... Yeah, I mean, you should have seen this movie. Um, but I cried when Tony Stark died. Yeah. When The Irishman ended and it cut to credits, I cried. I mean, it was an emotionally impactful film. And it was weird because it's like with the, you know, with the MCU, it's, you know, they got the big music. Tony is there. He's all burnt up. You know, it's this yeah. very visceral vision yeah. of this character you've grown to known for 10 years. So if you're a, you know, an empathetic, emotional person, you're going to fucking cry. Yeah. It's goddamn depressing. That's yeah. what it is. The Irishman was like more of this like fuck moment. And like, even though it didn't have the pomp and circumstance of the MCU, you are following this man's life for decades mm-hmm. and you're seeing him getting ping ponged around. And essentially at the end of the film, his life meant nothing. His life meant absolutely nothing. And it's probably, especially from Scorsese, who you know at the same time, ironically, is battling with his own legacy you're now watching a film about a man and his legacy made by a man who's concerned about his legacy. It's mm-hmm. like this like very like meta moment at the end of the film because you see this guy who just, yeah, he just, he did nothing with his life. His life, his life was kind of just like he, he fucked it all up, you yeah. know, just over time, just like yeah. slowly chipped away at, at who he was. And uh, it's an amazing film. And I think... It's a perfect film for Scorsese at this time in his life. And that's what it clicked. I was like, oh, shit, he's an artist. Yeah. You know, like that's the difference is like he made a film that completely mirrors what he's going on, what's going on with his life right now. Yeah. I don't think Anthony and Joe Russo did that with Avengers Endgame. Sure. That's like the thing. But I do think James Gunn, I think James Gunn is a little bit different. I think James Gunn, if you want to point at a director that has made odd tour films in the MCU, I think, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, which was like the first Guardians of the Galaxy perfectly timed out movie. Mm -hmm. I think that is a film. And Thor Ragnarok. Yes. It's the funniest. It's the funniest movie in all the MCU. Yeah. I I think, uh, yeah, Taika Waititi, like. Mm-hmm. You can hear, I mean, you literally can hear Taika. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's literally in it. But, yeah. um, you know, I I love him. I, mm-hmm. I was a fan of him, like Eagle versus Shark, which was like before mm-hmm. Fly the Concords and stuff. And like no one else could have made that film like him. Right. And maybe that's what makes a film in a movie. I don't know. I think the Russo brothers are fucking fantastic filmmakers and what they crafted through the Captain America movies mm-hmm. and up until the Avengers movies after, you know, Joss Whedon, I, I think is amazing. But it is like, could somebody else have filled those shoes and still told an amazing story? I don't know. You know, I'm just I'm just a chick in a closet that's 98 degrees. So I have no yeah. right to talk. So, yeah, it, it's just interesting to think about, you know, and I really I don't know. What do you think? Do I talk too much? No. <laughs> No, you don't talk too much. I do think that there is always going to be a solid difference between, like, a movie and a film. It's a square and a rectangle type of situation, you know, because there are things that are made just for art and there are things that are made just for money. And sometimes when those circles overlap, it can be beautiful or it can be terrible. I think everything that makes a movie 
something you can connect with comes from the emotion behind it. If there's no emotion, you can tell, and it's bad. If there's at least even a small inkling of what the director was going for, what the actors were going for, you can tell and it's going to be good. Mm -hmm. And I think that is only ever how we're going to be able to separate it because the line between what is just art for everybody and art for some people is getting more and more blurred the more we're able to see. So I don't think it'll ever be a bad thing that if all the art films move to streaming services, cool. If all the big box office just show things blowing up, cool. They have better speakers than I do, you know? Like, it's fine. (laughs) And I think as long as the people that are making movies now accept that that's the future, we're going to have a much better time than a bunch of people or a few people just absolutely ripping on things that they haven't seen and tearing down somebody else's work just because they feel like they got short-sighted instead of accepting and maybe even assisting in moving in that direction because if he if Scorsese made this fantastic phenomenal film and just said it's only on a streaming service because I want everyone to be able to witness it everyone has Netflix everyone can watch this I want everyone to see this instead of being like why can't it be in all the theaters like all the big blow-up movies Mm -hmm. like that's not the place for it anymore yeah should have been piloting for that should have been even forcing that like everyone needs to see this movie and everyone has the ability to Mm -hmm. that should have been more instead of like yeah it did i totally yeah i did it did feel catty in the moment and i think i you know i highly i'm not gonna just read quotes all day um but you know you i i think reading you know his other follow-up comments you know scorsese has clarified and he i mean scorsese is like such a cinephile he has Mm -hmm. a great love and a very well-known like encyclopedic knowledge of film that is just insane and so i think he he kind of recognizes that yeah probably his initial comments could have been a little bit better worded Mm -hmm. but no i i agree it came off yeah kind of you know insensitive to the the hundreds of people involved in these mm-hmm. films and and they are powerful films like you Those can't deny- go on forever yes I'm, I'm very excited to see what the legacy of marvel films are hopefully disney plus content doesn't cheapen it further you know sure but i've been watching the mandalorian and i think it's fantastic god I don't even like Star Wars that much. And I say, besides the fact that I'm obsessed with Baby Yoda, that's neither here nor there in this critique. Because <laughs> I'm upset. <laughs> I made a noise yesterday watching the last episode yes. that I've never made before. Alex, my boyfriend, was like, what was that? And I was just like, Baby Yoda! <laughs> oh my god. I yeah. love him. And all the pup, the, the fact that they're using puppets in it is everything. Mm-hmm. And I, I notice things like that because I love puppetry. Jim yes. Henson is one of my favorite things ever. So a lot of work has gone into that. A mm-hmm. lot of actual artistic into this TV show. Totally. But it's just, you know, Disney has the money to do stuff like that. Sure, they're capitalizing on a property that they own that they know is going to resonate. But they have gone about it in a fantastic way. Yeah. Somebody cares. Yeah. So, and you can tell. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that can always be a concern because like we've also seen what Disney has decided to do in other periods of time. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they called, I mean, the Disney renaissance happened and it also passed, you know, like Disney mm-hmm. has had these moments where it's like, oh shit, they're pumping out some good stuff. And the straight to VHS though movies, Come, yeah. granted it was the, their second company, not like Disney. I know, but yeah. There's, can I tell you, have you seen Bambi 2? 
<laughs> I have not seen Bambi. So, for the record, I've seen, like, every sequel of everything all the time. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but Bambi 2 has the most terrifying thing I have ever heard in my entire life. Oh, my God. So you spoiler know, cast, Bambi 2, y'all. Here's spoilers. Uh-huh. Bambi. You know, in the first movie, his mom dies. And yeah. it's the saddest thing. And I'll never uh, watch it again. Absolutely, yeah. So, in Bambi 2, it's about him and his dad doing stuff mm. and frolicking there's yes. a hunter and oh. he has a deer call no. and it's his mother saying hello what the fuck and he goes mother and she goes hello and i have never been okay since she is tearing up it's, right now it's it's vicious and that was just in a that weird is... sequel that went straight to VHS that also had, um, oh man, Patrick Stewart in it. What? He plays the dad. Patrick Stewart's Bambi's dad? Yeah. Captain Picard is yeah. Bambi's dad? Yeah, and they both get to hear, hello. And he's like, don't listen to it, son. Oh, it's... <laughs> Number two? I Like, I think I was maybe 18 or 19 when I saw it, because it was later than when it came out, obviously, yeah. but... I have not been okay since. Oh, my God. Pushing it on the Bambi, too. I mean, I was not a fan of The Mandalorian, I would say, until the moment I saw Baby Yoda. Hmm. So I don't know, because I'm a huge fan of Westerns, and I felt like the the very first, you know, whatever, I don't know what the runtime, first 30 minutes of The Mandalorian was essentially just, like, copying Western plot points. Sure. Like, exactly the same. Sure. But then I saw Baby Yoda, and I was like, oh, my God. And now I've fallen in love with the series. So I kind of, I, I think I've fallen in love with it in the in the movie side. You know, like, I, I find it to be very entertaining. But there is something very interesting about Baby Yoda, and it actually gives me hope. And this is maybe what, I, maybe we can wrap up this episode with this. Well, I just also would like to say, mm-hmm. I do like my sci-fis as westerns. Sci-fi western, yeah. Those are, like, Firefly. Ah, Firefly, I knew you were going to say it. <laughs> Firefly. I like it when my sci-fis are more like westerns than, like, sci-fis. There, yeah, I mean, it's a genre for a freaking reason. It's a good genre. But tell me about your Baby Yoda hope. Disney did something with Baby Yoda that gives me hope for the future of storytelling. Mm-hmm. If it does become that just Disney just owns us all. <laughs> yeah, um, uh-huh. mm-hmm. So John Favara is the, the showrunner for the Mandalorian. 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 <laughs> Good that old Mandalorian. <laughs> Mandalorian. <laughs> um, John Favre is the show or showrunner mm-hmm. and the writer of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And so when they were developing Baby Yoda, of course, Disney was like, get them merch bucks. Like, yeah. let's start making all them Baby Yoda toys. Like, yeah. money, 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 money. And John Favre convinced them to hold off on all Baby Yoda merch. So, for instance, like Black Friday just happened, mm-hmm. and there was no Baby Yoda stuff. Not no puppets. Nothing. Nothing. The there was no animatronic Bluetooth connected Baby Yoda that you can buy your kid. I mean, in the future, there definitely will be. But the reason being is because John Favre felt that for the Mandalorian to be successful and to really hit audiences, it mm-hmm. needed to be one of those twist moments of Star Wars. Yeah. It needed to be. I don't think it is this big but it needed to be like luke i am your father it needed to be like holy fuck that's a baby yoda like right. it needed to hit home and he knew that if star wars started developing toys it would leak it more than a film set would right and and he knew that you know for disney to put toys on shelves 
by the you know Christmas yeah. time that it would ruin people would know go into the Mandalorian knowing that a baby Yoda was going to be at the end of the episode. Yeah. So the fact that Disney held off on essentially a, money, 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 a yum, giant yum, yum, payday, yum. which will come, it will come eventually. People yeah. will buy. But the fact that you know this came, you know, the Mandalorian came out so close to the holiday season, you mm-hmm. know, ramping up to the last episode to be released and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I, it gave it gave me a teeny bit of hope that Disney celebrates art, so, yeah, and storytelling, and respected the fact that John Favreau was. I mean, you know, I am continuing to watch this show because mm-hmm. I was so intrigued by this cute ass baby Yoda. And so, yeah, the fact that they were like, okay, you we'll hold off and now you can maybe kill him off, you know? Yeah, exactly. God. Which is a huge fear. If they kill off baby Yoda, we will riot. We'll buy more baby Yodas though. Oh my God. I can't even handle it. Do you think they were stealing his Metachlorians? That's what I think they were trying to do. Right? Do you know the Metachlorians? Oh, what they're trying to do from baby Yoda, yeah. the original doctor experiment yeah. thing? Mm-hmm. I am not positive. I do think that there's something maybe particular about his race. Mm-hmm. And like, so in the in the movies, what? We've only ever seen Yoda, which is why we call Baby Yoda, Baby Yoda. Yeah, we did, see Yoda. A, we did see a girl Yoda thing. There I mean, is a girl Yoda thing? Yeah, there is a girl. And then Alex said that in the books, there's a couple other ones known throughout history. They are mm-hmm. like their people are more inclined to have force powers, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But like really only Yoda and now baby Yoda are the yeah. things we've seen of their race. We know nothing else. Totally. So I'm wondering if maybe there was something more in his DNA that they were trying to get or his organs mm-hmm. or trying to clone him clone. or something. Yeah, so. I think clone. He could be a clone. They also said he's he be. 50. Yeah, well, I think because I, I don't think, know if they were lying or if that's true. Is well, yeah, maybe they take longer to turn into things. Yeah, because Yoda is like hundreds of years old. Right, he's like so. That he's mean, like a time lord. You have to stay a child longer. <laughs> oh my god, when he's like trying to help out, like with his little wound, and then like when he, he lifts up the picks little him d- up and just puts him oh back in. Like, stay god, there, I could talk all there. day about baby Yoda. That's true. But you know, this is what I think. I think that baby th- Yoda's cute. Absolutely. Baby Yoda's cute. But there are, I think that there are films, there are movies, it's all cinema. If you are willing to put yourself out there to make something, whether it is even just for entertaining reasons, whether you do just want to make somebody happy, you know, or or get an emotional response out of somebody by the the work you're creating, Mm -hmm. I think all of it has its place and its time. And I think, hell, if you're putting yourself out there, like, God bless you. It's a lot of work. Yeah. Even bad movies take a lot of work. Even bad movies take a lot of work. We're going to have a podcast. The next next week is going to be our favorite bad movies because you know what? Hey, some movies are bad and some movies are so bad that they're great. And and I think that's it's worth exploring because it's just like, hey, you know what? I'm a filmmaker. I have not made a feature length film yet. And that's okay. And I have mad respect and props for anybody that can. It takes go time. It. it takes time. It takes people. It takes money. It takes effort. It takes so much hard so work. So much. It's it's a job for a reason because yeah. it's work. Yeah, it's the hardest work. And I think yeah, I just I hope we can all just uplift each other. Yeah, everybody, just go watch a movie. Yeah, or a film. Just do whatever you want to do. It could be Transformers. No judgment here. Go watch cinema. Yeah, go watch cinema. Well, I mean, go and on. Support your local uh, theaters. Support your local theaters. We have a lot of small ones here in Portland, and I definitely love every single one of them. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for listening. Yeah, thank you. Let us know what you think. Do you think that there is a difference between movies, or do you think that everything is just 
on a screen and it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, uh, what what are some of your favorite films or movies or things that are the illusion of motion through multiple pictures being captured and strung together? <laughs> beautiful thank you thank you thank you yeah hey everybody you're great you're, you're great. lovely we're thankful that you listen woo so thankful and uh we'll uh we'll talk to you next week yeah bye 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 for more podcasts like the one you just listened to go to sobelowmedia.com this this is as above so below